0: You are listening to the 1830 Podcast Network. Find us easily by searching 1830 Podcast Network directly on the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts app, or Spotify app. Also visit us at facebook.com forward slash 1830 Podcast Network for more information. Hello and welcome to the 1830 Podcast Network. My name is Tony McAnew and I'm your host. Today we have with us priest, Stephen Kimball. Stephen, what do you say we go ahead and dive right in? You are a self-proclaimed introvert. I want to know, how have you been dealing with the sheltering situation uh, we're currently in right now?
1: <laughs> um, well, I, I am, I am an introvert. It, it kind of surprises people, but I, I'm almost right in the middle of introvert and extrovert probably means I'm schizophrenic or something. But, uh, to me, it's, it's actually been, uh, a bit of a blessing, I guess you could say. I mean, I've been able to, in my job, I travel a lot. So I've been able to be home and, and uh, I don't get excited about large groups of people. So uh, staying home with with my family has been, uh, has actually been quite nice. Not that I don't miss my brothers and sisters and people, but uh, it's been nice. It's been, it's been really nice. I I enjoy the working on the introvert part of me.
0: So yeah, you are, you're one of the few people that's actually enjoying this right now and not too concerned about when they lift that up. So, uh, that's just an interesting thing that, um, I thought I would see if we can get out of you to see how you're doing on that. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump right to this. So I wanted to talk about the first time that I met you and I believe it was the first time I met you. Um, it was when you were my camp counselor, I was probably like 14 years old if, if I remember correctly. And, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I ever interacted with you was we were doing the icebreaker. Do you remember a specific icebreaker that, uh, that you might remember from back in the day?
1: Tony, this is the thing that worries me about being interviewed by Tony McIndoo is because you have this incredible memory for stuff that I do not remember. So I know I'm going to be in a lot of trouble during this process. So I don't remember this, but let's see if my memory gets refreshed.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Well, I do remember those things, and uh, just believe me if I tell you, because yeah, Stephen will admit that he does not remember a lot of things, especially when it comes to stuff that Stephen does and says, but uh, you can believe me that it is true. So, the first time I ever remember you, it was I never met you before, and it was at uh, youth camp, and we were doing the Armor of God icebreaker with newspaper. Do you remember that?
1: I do remember that, yes.
0: Okay. So, that was actually the first time I, I ever met you, and I was... Uh, I was like, where's this guy coming from? Because I literally had no idea who you were and you were my counselor. And after that, I was, I was like, okay, I, I can hang with this guy. This guy's pretty funny. You were saying some funny stuff. And uh, we kind of just took off from there. So um, that that's where I first remembered you. I was probably, you know, 14, 15 years old. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there as a funny thing. But I do remember that year at camp was you uh, sleep talking. Do you remember sleep talking that year at camp?
1: It's entirely possible. I've done it at times. Yes. Especially when you're in a cabin with a bunch of, uh, uh, young teenagers, uh, that may have not have been sleep talking. That just may have been just frazzledness. And what am I doing here? I might've just been muttering to myself awake.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I remember specifically, cause it was, I remember I was asleep and you just yelling <laughs> Phoenix boys out of the top of your lungs and waking the whole cabin up yelling. "Phoenix boys." <laughs>
1: oh yeah i do remember it, i do remember that
0: Supposedly kind of, now
1: <laughs> now i was asleep so i mean this is only the story you're telling which is usually yeah. how your stories go
0: <laughs> well it if you remember it kind of turned into a thing because throughout camp we would yeah. do that and you just yell phoenix boys across the way and we would yell it back to you so yeah
1: yep, yeah i remember that
0: <laughs> so that was yeah that was that was my first even memory and that was that was a good time and it's been fun ever since so Um, let's get a little bit more into before that and before I met you. Um, so tell me about growing up. Uh, were you, did you have a home local or how did that work out for you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the majority of my life, I, I'm, I was born in Michigan, but I was young when I left there. And so we obviously went to church in in Flint and, and as my memory goes, I have very vague memories of that. It's kind of funny, the memories I do have, one of them is is sitting on the steps of the church in Flint. I, I think there was a business meeting going on and I was playing with my cars. Obviously I was young, uh, probably 17 or 18. No, I'm kidding. I was, I was young. <laughs> I was probably four or five. And I was playing with cars on that, but, but most of my life, I probably uh, 18 years from 78 to 96. I, I lived in Oklahoma and we were always, um, and, I, and I don't even like the term because it's not true. Cause it, but, the term is isolated member or scattered member, but we always, at times it was a local when uh, Larry Beam or Frank Van were, were close by, it would be a local and, and drift in and out of that. But, but um, you know, they always called us scattered members and isolated members. And I, I don't think you're ever scattered or isolated when it comes to the Lord. But yeah, we were, it was, we met in our homes and, and probably adds to my fear of large crowds, but uh, I shouldn't say fear, but uh, it was always a small group there.
0: All right, so you, uh, who do you remember that came to visit? Which ministry came to visit? I think you said a few, but do you have, remember anybody else coming to visit?
1: I do, yeah. Um, uh, of course, Frank and Larry were a Frank fan, Apostle Frank fan, and uh, Larry Beam, uh, from both from Missouri at the time, uh, were were there a lot. Sometimes they lived in Texas, sometimes they lived in Oklahoma. They they moved quite a bit at that time, as I remember, but I remember uh, Benny Case coming by, and of course, my I'm a house Nick, um, and my uncle Dick and uncle Gary would come by and my grandpa Don house, would come by from time to time. Uh, we, we would have services there. I remember Norman Warfield coming through. Uh, if you didn't know Norman Warfield, he was, he was so much fun. And we had an Atari at the time and, and, <laughs> and they, they loved to play that Atari. So it was fun watching that. And, uh, gosh, did I say Benny case? Uh, Buzz Brickhouse used to come quite a bit. Bob Oldham was there. Uh, uh, Tony Grinzik. Uh, Marvin Case. Uh, brother uh, brother Surratt. Uh, Rollin Surratt, sorry. And June, of course, their wives would come. Most of the time their wives would come. We'd be disappointed if they didn't come. But, um, gosh, I know there were others. I know I've talked to Jerry, and I think Jerry Case had stopped by at one point. But I don't remember Jerry coming by. But there were there were a lot of people. If you didn't come by on a regular basis, uh, you know, I w- I was young enough that I wouldn't remember it. So I, I remember Benny Case. It was kind of funny. And I told Benny because I've stayed at his house in Texas a few times, and I told I told Benny I remember his, him so well because I I thought his name was Bunny, <laughs> B U N N Y. So I thought it was Bunny Case, and, and <laughs> so I used <laughs> to laugh about that a lot. So it was kind of funny. But we, we there was a lot of people that that came through Oklahoma. Of course, was a was a great stopping ground for, uh, you know, people coming from Phoenix, going up to Missouri and and vice versa, people from Missouri going to Phoenix and traveling from Minnesota or wherever. Uh, I'm sure Joel and and Bob at some point had stopped by. I knew knew Joel and Bob for a long time. Uh, Not close, close, but I knew them. So obviously they had stopped by the house uh, at times. So there was quite a few people uh, that had stopped by. Now, funny of all the people, I don't remember Hubert stopping by, but I thought for sure he would have stopped by, but maybe maybe their path went in a different direction. Hubert and yeah, Jim. You,
0: you probably would have remembered if Hubert stopped by, I would guess um, yes, yes, now Hubert
1: <laughs> when we we lived in Iowa after I was married when we lived in Iowa, and he definitely stopped by there.
0: okay, good, so yeah, that's great. uh so going back to that time, what is your first memory uh you have for for church or from church or in church or? Do you know an old memory that you have? The first one that you can remember, or think of.
1: Ooh, I don't know that I could. Uh, I could pin that down. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff like Bunny Case, and <laughs> I remember Tony Grinzik. Uh, Tony Grinzik. If you didn't know Tony Grinzik, it was it was fun. Uh, my mom uh, was a big. She she loved puzzles and crosswords and games, and and he would get the best out of her because she she'd go, but he would. He would be, a lot of times it wasn't always so much a sermon as, as it was a, uh, as sometimes a Sunday school. And so it was more back and forth, you know, for, for one service, you know, there might be six to 10 people at the most. That was, that could be a, that was an average sized crowd. But so there was a lot of back and forth But Tony Grinzik uh, would get going and, and he would not stop until he got the exact word that he wanted. Um, I mean, it could be some totally off the wall word you could never get. We we might spend 20 minutes trying to guess the word that he wanted. And that's, you know, and it may not be accurate, but that's how I remember it. Uh, but like I said, I remember in Michigan playing cars on steps. And I, I think it was a business meeting. And as a four or five year old, I'm sure my parents were relieved, that I was not in there driving them crazy. It could have been a prayer service. Who knows? But uh, I, I enjoy, I, I really enjoyed that. And I appreciated those brothers. Uh, coming to see me to the point that, that I make it a point when I can, if I'm, if I'm traveling, which I do in my job, I'm sure you gonna ask that question, but I travel a lot in my job and I try to make it a point to, to go see people that, that I know, or I know of talk to the apostles in charge and see if there's somebody I can stop by and see, because it was, you know, even as a little kid, it was, it was just, I mean, at the time, it was just kind of fun to have company there, uh, certainly from the church, but uh, I really enjoyed that as a kid.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I do like how when I, if I ask you your first church memory and it doesn't revolve around being in an actual one of the churches that we have. It's just to you, that was church growing up. And uh, that's a great answer because to you, the you know people come into your house as a scattered member or an isolated member, that was church to you and that was your normal. So um, that kind of shows where you came from and, and where you're at now, because now I think you probably live closer than anybody to an actual local um basically your backyard is the phoenix locals, so that's that's yes. a big big difference there
1: <laughs> yes it is no no doubt and it's 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 people i know people are fearful of being so-called isolated or scattered but it's it's something that uh you know I, i'm not scared of doing it again if the lord calls me to do something like that or calls me to move to a location where where there are uh scattered people or members i'd be happy to do it i it's it's you know, it doesn't matter what you do in life or where you're at in life. You've got to make the Lord first, and it doesn't matter. You you can struggle just as much sitting in the local as you can uh, out 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 in the world. So it's 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 not something that that's that scares me. But yeah, my memories, you know, most of them are in a, are sitting in somebody's house. Uh, so and 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 I don't know if you're going to ask this question. Are you going to ask members wise who was there? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Well. You had uh, for those that like history and families, I'll do my best to relate families, but um, you had Laura May and MG Elwell were regular attendees and their two sons, Greg and Jerry. Well, I'm going to feel bad if I forget names, but uh, they were very good friends. I would say of my parents, at least I, I assume so. And I remember Greg and Jerry very well, but they were always there. And I, I still, it's nice to see them again. When, when I go back to Missouri, Laura May will come up and soul MG MG was a faithful attender. I mean, uh, he came to church all the time and he's a member of the community of Christ or RLDS, RLDS church. He's an elder in there, but he was always came to our services. Wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, and then Laura, Laura's brother, uh, Mike Martin, uh, who is still down there. He actually owned a steel shop, which is funny. I worked with him one summer and that could be a whole separate podcast of the fun that I had with Mike Martin. Cause he, <laughs> he was honri as the day is long and just loved that man. And he was married to the time to a lady named Barbara, I think. And, and uh, is who I remember, and he he got married again uh, later on, but but he had several kids. Um, uh, of course, uh, Larry's kids, Larry and Philip, and oh, one other daughter. I'm struggling with the name of uh, were there, and they attended, and uh, occasionally you would have uh, one of my favorite people in the world was a lady named Alzada Massey. Would I think it was like a two-hour drive for her to come there, uh, and she actually passed away in a car accident. I want to say it was on the way to church or something. So it was pretty horrific for our local. Uh, but unfortunate. But Laura uh, Alzade was related to uh the, the Keeney. She was, or I shouldn't say it wasn't the Keenys, it was uh it was uh, Margaret uh Keeney was her sister and she was related to um uh, oh I want to say she was related even even to um, oh I'm, I'm I'm losing my mind here sister Comer I think it was Florence Comer was was the other sister in that family I'm I'm totally messing that up but but those were the regular members I think that attended there um, constantly and I'm trying to think if there's somebody else and I, I don't remember I know this is another funny story is Dorothy Breck which is uh, Dolly Breck is now Dolly Smothers' mom. And Dolly used to come along. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm taking up too much time. But one of my favorite memories of being old is is I remember Dolly at church. Dolly had to be two or three years old at the most. And in her little dresses running around as, as cute as kids can be. And uh, I met Dolly again at camp. But it, but it didn't trigger who she was. And one time I was down in the Houston local. And uh, Dolly had come in. And she was talking to Amy and I, I think we were married at the time. And all of a sudden her mom, Dorothy came in and it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I had officially become old because I realized who Dolly was. She had attended church with us there. So it's kind of a funny story. I blame Dolly for reminding me that I'm old.
0: (laughs) And you still, you still remember that to this day. That's great. I do. So uh, back in then, was that when you got baptized? Were you baptized at a young age or was that, uh, when did that happen? No,
1: I was baptized, uh, my brother and dad, and, um, and I were baptized in, I remember, it was 1988. I was 16 at the time, and we were baptized in Phoenix. Uh, my grandpa did the uh, baptism. The, the Phoenix local used to have a baptismal fount that you probably remember in the little back corner there, and that's where I was baptized at 16 with my brother and my dad.
0: Do you remember what time of year it was?
1: I I honestly do not. I I would say it had to be, I'm guessing it was May because uh, I don't remember the heat uh, for sure. And you know, I would remember the heat, but I don't (laughs) remember the heat. I want to say it was May. It was right after school. We drove out there to get baptized. And I remember a young Don McIndew had to get into the baptismal water because my grandfather was a little um, unstable at the time. So uh, he was he didn't have his full strength, so the young Don donmckentow was was in the baptismal found, uh assisting my grandpa
0: That's great, so he was the one that your grandpa and Don McIndoe were the ones that did your uh baptism, and yeah, I do remember that we I don't remember when we buried that, but I remember as a kid growing up, that's where I just always imagined I would get baptized, and it just that's i mean we'd lift the lid off of that thing and we would see all the geckos and scorpions and all the critters in there. And then for that whole Sunday, we'd have to chase them out of there, clean it out, rinse it out, and then we would do it. So I always imagined that I would get baptized in there. And then right before I got baptized, they said, Hey, we're not using that anymore. Then we actually, uh, myself and Erica Moser at the time were the first ones to get baptized in Bill Malone's pool, which is now your pool actually. So Uh, it was, I don't know what it was, but it was something I always just assumed that's where I would get baptized in that, in that baptismal fountain, and never happened. So that's, I had no idea that that's where you were baptized. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so that's, that's something that you chose to, you said you were around how old you said? 18, 16, 16. Okay, great. So then let's talk about your, your calling into the ministry. That was, um, a little bit after 16, I believe.
1: Yes, it was, it was. So is that a uh, how question? How old were you?
0: Yeah, how old were you? Uh, and when was that? <laughs> well, you do you know this story? I remember it, but I I, I remember being there, but I can not I d I can't I couldn't put a, a time frame on it.
1: Yeah, well well it's it's a longer story. You will be surprised by the story. It's longer than you think. So the the ba- the, the calling actually goes back to um, probably two thousand and one. Uh, I was what you would call, uh, I accepted that calling, I think it was 2016. I, again, my memory, I'm terrible at dates too, unless there's something specifically linked to it. But I think it was 2016. So the call actually came in 2001. And, and to be honest, when it came, I, I did not believe the time was right. I didn't question that someday I have, I've had experiences about being called. And so I wasn't surprised that it might happen at some point, but, um, I was surprised that it happened then. And I felt like it was, it was just not correct. And and to this day, I'll tell you today in 2001, I do not believe I was supposed to be called at that point or, or, or I guess a better phrase was the Lord knew I would not accept at that point. You know, Amy and I were married, I think, or maybe it was just before we got married. She wasn't even there. It was a small crowd. And there just were not any witnesses to the calling, and I felt like there should be some additional witnesses. One person said that they they knew I'd be called that day, but there were no witnesses. It was just very strange, and I was called at the same time uh, as our brother uh, Nathan Denham, and, and certainly never questioned his calling at all. But there were several witnesses to his, you know. And so I got a lot of comments like, um, "You know, what do you think?" And of course, I, I wasn't. It was I wasn't. I'll say I was not fearful. I I think sometimes I'm too stupid to be fearful of stuff like that, but, you know, I knew I'd be called. I think that's why I wasn't fearful. It was just, I just didn't think it was right. And, you know, I had people tell me, well, it's just, it'd be kind of strange to have a, you know, a calling of a man that's an elder, which they believed to be an elder and and a priest at the time, uh, still at the time, uh, to be called and and one of them to be true and not to be true. So anyways, I, I had prayed and fasted about that and, Didn't receive an answer, and so you know, I told him I wasn't going to accepted at this time, and and so uh, you know, and I continued to pray about it. People would ask me about it. I remember Joel and I putting in. I I had installed all the irrigation at the church here in Phoenix, and and we were fixing an electrical problem that looks like I need to fix again. But he and I were by ourselves fixing this electrical problem down in probably a four foot pit, uh, tying these wires back together. And he had asked me about it, and this was this was probably. I don't know, three or four years before Jay uh, brought the calling back up. Brother Jay Moser was the one that, that did it. But what was interesting, if you listen to his call in 2016 when it came, uh, Adam and Gary were called the elders. Jose, Aaron, and I were called the priests. But I was not called again. And, and I wish I meant to print that out so I could read what he said, but, but I was not called again. And I was sitting there when he stood up and he's right, he sits right behind me and I felt him stand up and I knew without question, um, sorry, I knew without question that he was going to put his hands on my head and I knew it was coming, but it, it was not a new call. It was a reference to the Lord that, that said, you know, basically it was to accept the call that, that I had received. Now to add to that, even more interesting to that is a year before uh, we had come home, Amy and I had come home for church. It was probably a year, could have been six months to a year. And we had come home and I knew Amy was thinking something and I'm very blessed with a wife that, that has dreams and, and the Lord speaks to her um, at times quite regularly, but, but I knew something was there. And so I was trying to pull it out of her, pull it out of her. And, and finally she told me and she said, brother Jay was preaching. And that the Lord told her, now is the time to accept that call. And she had told uh, Pete. I'm not sure if she had told Brother Jay. I think she did about it. But then six months or a year later, you know, I was not called again. I was told to accept the the original call. You know, and that, and that sounds funny uh, because you're like, well, then you should have been called at that time. But I, I I don't think so. I think the Lord knew exactly what my reaction was, and 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 it, and, it, and maybe that's true. Uh, and he knew I wouldn't accept it, or maybe I wasn't supposed to be called, but since I told the Lord that, look, Lord, if you want me to accept that call, tell me, give me the 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 time, give me the understanding as to what's to happen, and clearly at that time, I, I knew to accept that call.
0: That's great, that's, I, now that you say that, I do remember, uh, I remember I looked right at you when, when that happened, and I remember Jay put his hand on you, I think it was your shoulder or your head, and I remember you didn't, it didn't startle you. It didn't anything like it was you. I just remember looking right at it, and it didn't didn't faze you at all. It just was kind of you knew what was going on. Yeah, so,
1: I, yeah, I knew it was coming. I, and he had made mention. I guess my grandfather, when he called him, he did the same thing to him. And, that, and that's not to say he he did. He told me that afterwards. But I just, it was just that was what was amazing to me about it is I knew his hands were going on my head, just as, as sure as you and I are talking right now.
0: All right, so we're going to try something a little different now. We're going a little bit long, so we're going to break this podcast up into two podcasts. So this is the end of this one. Please tune in to part two coming at you next.